Hello everybody, Andy here. Welcome to this week's podcast. Hope you're doing great. Today we have another special guest. We've got Sean Cox, who's Director of Golf at the Grand Golf Club in one of our favourite places in, uh, in San Diego. And we've got Sean on because he's the creator of a, a revolutionary app now that's called Random Golf Practice. This app is an amazing tool to help you get the most out of your practice sessions by actually randomizing your practice. Golfers have spent far too long practicing wrong, hitting ball after ball, and it's so far removed to the actual game. And it's one of the biggest reasons that golfers struggle to take the range game to the golf course. And today we talked with Sean really about why he came up with this great concept, the app, and we go through some of the things that you can be doing, thinking about when it comes to your practice so you can get better out on the range, and really take those skills out onto the golf course so you can bring your range game and your course game much closer together. We hope you enjoyed this one, guys. So without further ado, let's welcome Sean to the podcast. So, Sean, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good, and thanks for having us. We're obviously in sunny California at the Grands. It's kind November, of November, sun, it's what's going on? Like, it's snowing back home at the moment yeah, as well. You know, know that, don't you? It's actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to going back on Saturday. Yep. Um, Sean, look, again, we're very grateful for your time on this because I think this is a really important subject. So, random golf, what, why is it so important? What does the science lead us to believe with this? Well, your first problem is, is when you get to the driving range and you keep repeating the same process over and over, we call that block practice, mm -hmm. is after a couple reps, the brain stops kind of working. It, it it's already knows the wind, it already knows the lie, it already knows the feel of the swing, it knows the length of the club. It basically, the brain turns off. And the problem with golf is when you go to the course, no two shots are the same. Mm -hmm. You know, you, your first shot might be a driver, the wind's off the left, the next shot might be a side hill lie with your pitching wedge. And before you hit that shot, there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. You know, those are made you know, before you even select the club out of the bag. And when you've already got the club in your hand and you just hit the seven iron 20 times and now you go to hit it again, you're not practicing that process. And that process can sometimes make people nervous. They wonder, you know, why that when they get to the golf course, they all of a sudden they get so nervous. Well, you have to practice, number one, the different shots and whatever, but you also have to practice getting over it. Yeah. You know, like Tiger Woods, they talk about he was allowed to get mad for like five seconds or whatever mm -hmm. it was, but then he had to move on to the next shot. Well, you can practice that at the driving range if you, if you practice randomly. Yeah. We heard him talk about it just yesterday. Actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. About it just yesterday, his first interview back, and he was saying to, about Charlie. I about think, his son, yeah. About how he could, uh, you know, he's okay with him getting mad as long as that when he's playing his next shot, he's 100% committed and ready, to this, ready for this. So it's, it's interesting, obviously, I know we spoke before about um, a lot of this science as well comes from Dick Schmidt at UCLA. So just go a little bit deeper on that if you could and just get us to understand that. So about eight or nine years ago, I was uh, at a TPI seminar. Mm -hmm. I was re-attending like level two or level three and they brought Dick Schmidt in to kind of observe what the whole pro program was like. Dave, Dave Phillips and Greg Rose were there. And I got to sit and have lunch with Dick Schmidt. And next thing you knew, you know, they had him on the show, they have the Golf Fitness Academy on the Golf Channel, they had him on there, and they added this part to the TPI level two, level three. And I'm sitting there saying, I've given, you know, 10,000 golf lessons, <laughs> nobody's practicing, you know, randomly. We always tell people to, you know, to spend some time practicing like you're on the golf course. 
And then I was actually inspired by a story I heard about Roy McElroy. Um, Roy McElroy was basically, this is what I heard, was practicing at the range, probably with a track man, and his caddy was calling out numbers, and he'd say 154 back right pin, which means you're gonna probably hit a little different shot to a back right pin than you would if you just called out 154 yards. And so, to me, immediately I said to myself, I can make a picture of that hole, and I can make some random numbers, and then I can force people to kinda play different shots because the pin's in a different place, or the bunkers are in a certain location, and then the next level was, well, why don't I just, you know, download a randomizer on the internet and just have it give me numbers? Well, first of all, it's not visual, like my app. But also, golf, you have to hit your driver every few shots. Mm -hmm. And a randomizer isn't going to tell you to hit your driver. <laughs> and so I wanted to create a, an experience that replicated more on what you would get on the golf course. Yeah. And so it was kind of a combination of two things, listening to the science, and if you look at the charts, and everybody when they hit the same shot over and over, their performance is higher, and then when they went to the golf course, it dipped. Yeah. And everybody that practiced randomly, it might not have been as good as the guy that got to do it 20 times in a row, but when they went to the course, the performance stayed the same. Yeah. And so your expectations that when you get to the golf course are gonna be in line with what your performance is gonna be. And practicing getting over a bad shot and moving on to the next one is, is actually a skill that you need to learn. Lots of it. You know, at, you know, you can say, well, I'll just play more rounds of golf. Well, as we know, um, a lot of times, the only time we get to play golf, it might be for a score against our buddies, you know, in a little gambling match, or it might be for a tryout mm -hmm. for a team. And golf courses are busier. Yeah. You know, you might not have the chance to do a bunch of practice rounds before you get to play golf now. When you get to the course, I mean, it's legit. you got to put a score down on your scorecard. Yeah. It makes total sense. And just going back to your point there about Roy McIlroy, I mean, we've heard Faldo talk about that before, about playing on the driving range, playing the course before he actually goes and plays the course. He was yeah. on the driving range. Aaron, last week, we were just doing some <laughs> testing with drivers, and he hit a couple of drivers, and he's like, hang on a bit, what am I doing here? Pierce. And they start calling out the shots. So it was literally, so he's got these nine different shots and we were describing the fairways, how he'd got to hit them, different targets. So it was a different shot every time, a different ball flight every time, because that's the only way that he can actually test that driver to know whether he can do what he wants to do on the golf course. Right. Him standing there just blasting drivers away, get some great numbers, look at that, the ball speed went up to 180. You must have this driver. It's a little bit more to it than that. I think there's a really interesting part. With, I mean, it's good to talk about Aaron actually, because Aaron, who we coached since he was 10, he's, he's grew up, his, his, his game and his development has been based around practice on the golf course. So where most golfers listen to this, their game has been built up around practice on the driving range and play on the golf course. He's learned by practicing everything on the golf course. So the moment we get him into a driving range scenario, he goes, what do I do? I'm not thinking. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it, he's been conditioned in a very, very good real way and we put him in a scenario and he goes, hang on a minute, I, 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 I need to think here. He, right. He's not used to doing it. Whereas most listeners to this, and, and including probably us still, mm -hmm. we still get on the range and still fall into the trap of ball, ball, instead of the thinking. And I think a lot of this as well, if you think of how long golf's been around and how maybe still early days this is, I think, in terms of to see the benefits and, and to see this transfer for a lot of golfers out there. Maybe a lot of the problem is, is the ranges as well. You know, you talked about having a, you know, what we see on a lot of ranges, it's a pin, it's a pin, it's a pin, not necessarily many bunkers and not many, not many situational stuff. 
your app is a great addition to take to the range to go, right, I can create the, the visuals. Yes. But in the future, wouldn't it be great to have and start, I suppose, where do you see that going as well, Sean? The opportunity to maybe condition ourselves and make sure the ranges are matching some, some sort of thing to the golf course. Because they're just totally, I, I mean, uh, we'll go into this as well. We were at uh, Royal St George's this year, <laughs> and Royal St George's, the, the most undulating fairways <laughs> and most undulating greens I've ever seen. And we went onto the driving range on the practice day, I think it might have been the Wednesday, and it is the, the most flat, it's like this table flat here, it table. is the most flat range you've ever seen. And we were still in there going, what the hell is this? This is nothing like going on the golf course right. out there. Um, I've lost where I was going to go with that there, but it's, I think it starts as well just by having such a different environment to the range and the course, doesn't it? And it's, it's more than that. It's, it's understanding, you know, there's a gentleman, Scott Fawcett, who's done a very good job talking about course management. And he pointed out that when you hit a golf shot, it's not like a rifle. It's more like a shotgun. And if you don't have guns, shotgun is a bunch of a sprayed pattern. It's a pattern of shots. Everybody has a different width of those shots. So wider than others. Definitely us at the moment. <laughs> but it also varies on how far you are from the hole. He does a very good, like at 100 yards, that pattern might be 10 yards wide. And at 200 yards, that might be 35 yards wide. But what you have to understand is that pattern has a center. It has an extreme right and it has an extreme left. And so if you have a pin that has trouble to the right, you know that you need to aim a little left. Well, you can use a, a pretty plain driving range as long as it has a pole or something out there and aim left of that and base your, your feedback based on whether you played it to the right side of the pin. Yeah. And that's something everybody just hits to pins, but they don't visualize, okay, if the trouble's on the right, what am I going to do? And it's more than that. It's about where you are aiming at. And that's something that Scott Fawcett did a very good job in his decade system. And, and you guys as well, as far as talking about course management. And then you've got, you know, do I have a predominant, you know, tee shot? You know, okay, this hole bends this way. Do I want to try to hit my normal fade? Or maybe it's a right to left hole. Do yeah. I try my draw? Well, you practice that on the driving range and you duck hook it. Then you're probably not going to want to try that on the golf course just because the mm -hmm. hole says it's right to left. Yeah. If you're a predominant fader, that might not be the shot for you. But how are you going to know that unless you put yourself under the gun, we call it, and, and have one chance to do it? And then if you don't do it right, you don't get to rake over the next ball. you got to push you know, button on the phone, and it tells you what the next shot is. And you've got to adapt. And, mm -hmm. and, the, and the next shot be, might be your, you know, your pitching wedge. And that club has a different length and, you know, and all that. But I, I know what you're talking about with side hill lies and all that, that's very, very important. And that's one of the hard things with driving ranges to find that. Yeah, and even, you know, how many ranges have fairway bunkers to practice out of? Yeah. Just wanted to let you guys know that we now have the Me and My Golf app ready for you to access myself and Pierce wherever you are on the go, even if you're at the range. This includes all of our best tips and content, as well as the coaching plans. And we also have a great video analysis tool where you can record your golf swing and analyze your swing using the tools in the app. So make sure you check it out. Search for me and my golf in the app store and we look forward to helping you wherever you are. Let's get back to the podcast. Is there any reason why you would, why you wanted to do the app? Obviously you've seen Dick Schmidt talk about it. What was the, the driver then behind that? Any, anything else or you kind of covered it? Well, the big driver was just talking about how people should practice and nobody's really come up with a great solution. 
you know, every golf instructor has told their students to, to practice different clubs, change the club, mm -hmm. you know, go through a pre-shot routine, hit every shot, the you know, solution. with, you know, the next shot. And to me, I, I also am very cognizant that in our industry, a lot of people have different opinions about technique and everybody has a different way, you know, to make somebody maybe, you know, fix a slice or do yeah. that. And I've given a million of those lessons mm -hmm. and I just find that not enough people are looking at the big picture. Yeah. And the big picture is we can all work together on a few things like, you know, hey, you want to get better, here's a couple ways you can practice your putting to get better. That's yeah. guaranteed. You know, how many of our students go out and practice their putting enough? Okay, what's another way we can immediately make people better? Oh, we could have them practice randomly and actually practice properly. So really there's there's not as many things as you that are just simple fixes to make people score better. Mm -hmm. And I didn't find that there was really something on the market that took care of it. And and I'm a launch monitor owner. I've you know had TrackMan for eight or nine years now. I like the combine. It's a great test. It can it can show you how you stack up versus people in your own age or how you're, you know, I love the idea, but at the end of the day, it's not really random. You're hitting shots 60 yards three times in a row. You're hitting 70, you're hitting that. Nobody really has a test that's going to basically make you draw a different club every shot. Mm. And then I also am thinking about the average golfer. You know, the average golfer goes to a driving range and my driving range has bunkers and a couple real greens and you can see reaction, but a lot of people go to these ranges that are perfectly flat and they need help visualizing something. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a blue pole and it's a flat range. What mm -hmm. am I supposed to do here? Oh, I just looked at this picture and it's a back right pin. Mm -hmm. I know I'm, if I'm gonna be anything, I can't be long here. Okay, so now we all know that we get stuck in between yardages. You know, so if I've got a club in my hand that could go long, maybe I need to choose the next you know, club down. And if I'm a little short, I know I can still two putt from there and, and get up and down versus just firing away and it pins. And that process of picking the right shot, I don't think anybody does that in the range. The no. only person that I've actually seen do it um, was up at Virginia Country Club with Jamie Mulligan, who's mm. been the longtime coach for Patrick Cantley. And they have little cut down poles every 10 yards and you could hit to the poles, but what Jamie did is he would call out a shot and they would have to miss on a certain side of the pole. And so that is exactly what this is about. And the nice part is, is if you are a professional golfer, your caddy could call it out for you and, and, mm -hmm. and you could have an assistant or, you know, obviously you can do it on your own phone as well, but it's about choosing the right shot, not just hitting it to the pole. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the one opportunity, it's, it's uh, things come back to me now is, me and Pierce are always talking, there's an opportunity to get golfers better at golf. And I think, that, I think golfers in general are missing that picture. And we always say, if we were to caddy for any golfer, we could save them five, 10 shots around by showing them how to, to play the game better. Without even mentioning one thing about technique, it might be about pre-shot routine, it might be about club selection, strategy, pin placements. We know that we could save shots by getting them focused around the game rather than actually P1, 2, 3, 4 or 5, whatever it might be. And I think if, and this is obviously just a huge part of it, if we can get golfers to 
to train how they're going to be on the golf course, it's just night and day, isn't it? And we were, chat we were chatting before we came on here, and I don't know about you, Sean, but we were saying that we can tell a golfer, there's certain golfers on the golf course who you can tell play more than they practice because there's a certain freedom, there's a certain sort of, even if their technique looks a little bit maybe iffy, yeah. they, they have, they've got this certain sort of freedom in their swing because they're, they're more aware of the course and you can see that they're into the game as opposed to into their technique. And you can certainly tell someone who's on the golf course focused on, the, let's say, the, 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 the body, the technique and the inside. There's a big shift, it's visual and you can see that quite clearly. Yeah, and, and you listen to most people that make it to the tour, they'll talk about how they were dropped off at the golf course in the morning, they played 36 holes till it got dark yeah. at night, and then they came home and they did it again the next day. Yeah. You know, so they, they had so many random opportunities with different shots. The question is, is how many of us have time to go out and play 36 holes? We got like an hour. And one of the things that I want to emphasize is I played other sports. You know, I played, you know, football in college. I played baseball in college. And if you look at a typical, you know, basketball practice, you show up, you do some layups, you, you know, maybe practice your dribbling, you do a couple drills, and then you end with scrimmage. You know, you play five on five, and you're playing a simulated game. And you can tell in that scrimmage who should be the starting five for the next game because you, you're basically, you're all playing in a game-like situation. You're under the gun, aren't you? You're there under the pressure, which is what you want to create. Yeah, and so now you're, you go to a driving range and you warm up and you hit a few shots and now you try to perfect your technique for the next hour and you hit seven irons for 50 shots and then you hit your driver for 50 shots and then you put your clubs away or you get in the cart or, and you go to the first tee and now you expect like you're ready to play this game that you get one chance you know, for every <laughs> shot. It just doesn't make sense because there isn't a sport like that. You wouldn't just practice free throws all day. You yeah. know, you wouldn't just practice, you know, kicking to the net. You've got to practice passing. You've got to practice somebody guarding you. You've got to make a move. All these things. And so the, the whole concept is to just get you to end the last 30 year practice with some random practice mm -hmm. simulating the golf course. Yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> I mean, the, the statement I wrote down in my phone here is that actually based on what Andy just said and what we've just been talking about, good players play golf. And it's, it's pretty simple, isn't it? And if you can figure out a way of doing that in that hour slot on the driving range like you've done, yeah. then it's a really good opportunity. Yeah, you think about people like Mickelson, who is a, a golf addict. You know, I'm sure he works on his technique, and obviously technique's important, but he loves to play golf, doesn't he? He loves to be out there playing the game, which I think is certainly maybe a little lost for a lot of people. They think the secret is certainly yeah. in the technique. But John Rahm, we spoke to John Rahm about it. He talks about his short game and how he just got it really good by just challenging yeah. friends. He was yeah. competing all the time. That actually brings us to another question we can ask you, Sean, because we know that you're, you're close to John. What sort of things do you notice from him about some, that he goes about in his practice? And how he develops his game. He's he's a first tour pro that that basically asked for the app. He knew right away. <laughs> his coach is Dave Phillips, yeah. and so Dave Phillips is a co-founder of TPI. So Dave's also very keen on the app and and a big supporter and and basically um, has gotten John to practice that way in the past. Mm -hmm. But you know, like you said, you know, when he was a kid, they used to chip for Pro V ones. You know, and if he didn't win. You know, he didn't have a nice <laughs> ball to go out and play with. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's things that you can learn. Like for John Rahm in particular, you know, he plays a fade off the tee. And if you have a hole that goes right to left, like right now, 
he's trying to dial in his three wood because he needs the three wood for um, hole eight, hole 13, and he's calling out the holes at Augusta right now that he has to have his draw dialed in with his three wood for Augusta. Yeah. Well, if, if you pop out this app and it's got a right to left hole, he can practice his three wood you know, with a draw on that shot and, and simulate that type of uh, you know, pressure. Yeah. And most of these guys have predominant shots that they like, and this is a way also to kind of you know, experiment, see if it works, you know, and, and know before you go out and play. I mean, as we spoke before the podcast about Aaron, you know, hitting the nine shots, yeah, you know, yeah. most people don't kind of understand that concept, but that's a big deal for like Tiger Woods. Mm. You know, hitting the you know all the high shots, draw, straight, fade, and then medium, and then low. You can you can do that in a way in this app because you might be kind of stuck between clubs, and so you might have to take something off, which is going to bring the ball flight down, or or you might say, you know what, I think if I go after this, I can get it to that flag, you know, and you can practice those things and find out what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. I think that's a really good point as well for someone when they are doing this, these kind of practice sessions with the app, that they're actually able to find out what they're good at and what they're bad at. So when they're obviously on the golf course and they face with something that they're bad at, let's at least have some sort of game plan. At least they can take into it a little bit of account. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you can identify what, what your tendencies are under pressure. I mean, we'll, we'll laugh sometimes about there'll be certain times that I'll say to Pierce, because as, as, a, as a good player, good players really don't like hitting it left. Let's say the average golfer hates slicing it, but good players don't like hitting it left. I'll often joke to Pierce and I'll say, I've sussed it, I can't hit it left. <laughs> now on the driving range, under no pressure, I'm great, I don't hit it left at all, but get me under pressure on a tee, the bad one that comes in is more left. So you can also start to identify some of the tendencies, the differences on the golf course, because it does change compared to the driving range. Um, well, I think it'd be good to talk about pre-shot routine as well because I think we're getting a lot of golfers on the golf course and it, we're seeing how maybe the focus on their, their process in putting on full swing shots isn't quite there. There's an opportunity when they are doing this random practice to really dial in their pre-shot routine and work at it so it becomes more of a habit when they get to the golf course as well. Let's just talk about that, Sean, because I think it's a key part, isn't it? Yeah, and really, if you look at the pros, there's a, there's a specific pre-shot routine for their putting. There's a specific pre-shot routine inside 40 yards. I think it's 40 yards because it's the finesse swing inside 40 yards. And then after 40 yards, it becomes basically a, a full swing routine. And if you look at, at the best players in the world, I stood on the 10th on the tee and announced all the um, people teeing at the Kia Classic at Aviar. Yeah. I did, so I went there with one purpose. The purpose was um, to actually see how many of the women on tour would take a practice swing and then step right up and hit the ball versus, I'm trying to describe here, take your practice swings next to the ball, walk backwards, stand 10 feet in line with the ball, visualizing your shot, and then walking up to the side of the ball and then hitting the ball. And only two out of like 90 basically went from a practice swing and stepped into a ball. If okay. you look at most of our amateur students, they take two or three practice swings and then step up to the ball and they don't aim well. Yeah. And they give themselves many lessons, meaning that as they're doing those practice swings, they're worried about is mm -hmm. my elbow in the right place or whatever, and then they step over the ball and they basically 
you know, trying to give themselves a golf lesson while trying to hit the yeah. shot. And if you watch the best players, they go from looking down and visualizing the shot to right into the ball to then hitting it. Mm -hmm. And I know it's a podcast and that's hard to kind of help, help people perfect. visualize, mm -hmm. but that's, that's important. So, you know, I'm very good friends with a gentleman who's on the tour, Jason Goldsmith, and he came up with the idea that, you know, you can't help but answer questions. If I ask you what your favorite color is, you guys, I know it's blue. <laughs> <laughs> We're both wearing blue at the moment. <laughs> but for, if I ask you a question, standing back there, looking at the ball and the target, what does a good shot look like here? Mm -hmm. It forces you to visualize what that good shot's gonna look yeah. like. And he does that with all his tour pros. The routine starts with the question, what does a good shot look like here? Mm -hmm. And it forces you to visualize. So now after you visualize that shot, you're gonna walk into the ball and then you're gonna just perform that. You're not gonna walk up to the ball, take three more practice yeah. swings and then try to hit the ball. And so you can perfect that kind of that pre-shot routine while using the app. And the more times you do that, then it's going to become what you call autopilot. Yeah. And what people don't realize about pre-shot routines is they keep your mind occupied in the present. And it's hard to think about consequences or technique. And if you get good at it, it becomes a flow state that everybody talks about. And that's the key. And how do you go from a bunch of 57 irons in a row and then go to the first hole and yeah, expect yeah. to be good at your pre-shot routine if you haven't practiced it. Yeah. And a lot of people ask, how can I be better under pressure? That routine under pressure to keep you in the present, not thinking about what could happen in three holes, and that, that's just a, a, an integral part of that, isn't it, really? Yeah. And the, the thing with something like that, though, is, again, it's, it's almost like there's, a, there's an immediate response needed from golfers. Why did I just hit a bad shot? Oh, I hit a bad shot because I can't, I can't deal with the pressure. What's the fix for that? Well, it's a little bit longer than you think, unfortunately. It's not move your right thumb, tuck your right arm in. It is about just creating that um, environment over and over and over again. And it almost gets to a point when you go, you look back at it and go, oh, actually, maybe I'm a little bit better now under pressure. So it's not like a sudden, like, oh, now I'm better. It yeah. just takes time to develop that. So I really like and, I, and I heard something recently. Why do, I listen to a lot of podcasts, <laughs> and there's some great podcasts on the mental game out there to listen to, and one of them said, what is the difference between people that are successful under pressure, like they, they love pressure, and what are the people that maybe choke, if you want to use that term, and what they said is that the people that are successful under pressure, they just get more present mm. in, in that moment. They're not thinking about other stuff yeah, yeah. outside of that shot. Yeah. And the more you practice being in the presence of the shot, mm -hmm. the more you're going to not be, you know, you know, thinking about your score or thinking about your right elbow or all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. You just have to practice being present. That's why meditation is so yeah, yeah. important to so yeah. many people now. We're all trying to figure out, you know, what is the kind of breathing, being able to be present. Those are the things that are going to make you better under pressure yeah and we've heard it so many times you know it's the cliche thing you know I'm just trying to stay in the present you know but it's like it's, it's one thing saying I'm trying to stay in the present but it's another thing practicing trying to stay in the present I think that if you think about it as well tour pros have uh, not an advantage they've got a little bit of advantage because they've got a caddy who can say right 
what's the shot here? Or what does a good shot look like here? They've got that person to ask the question, whereas ourselves as golfers, in terms of, like, let's say, the recreational golfers listening to this, they don't have that person. So they've got to be their own caddy and come up with their own routines and yeah. ask their own questions to force it out of themselves. Really. It, it, look, with good players as well, there's a reason they're good as well. Obviously, they're, 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 they're talented, but there'd be probably less self-doubt. Now, of course, a tall player can, have, can doubt themselves, but what they're really, they've found a way around that and it must be about that pre-shot routine. So I, I have a question before, before we get towards the end here. Obviously, there's going to be golfers listening to this now who are going, well, hang on a bit. I know I've got severe swing faults that I need to work at. So what does an ideal practice session look like for you, Sean, when you're using random golf, but also changing a technique? How, how would you go about, let's say you've got 100 balls, what would that look like? So first thing I would do is have a journal. Um, because you should be writing things in your journal after every time you play golf. And in that journal, I would talk about the things that need solutions. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I would also put down things that you did well. So instead of saying faults or you know, negative things, talk about what you need a solution for. So I've got a slice, okay? So I go to the driving range, I've taken a lesson or I've you know, done some stuff online and I've watched some of your videos on how I'm gonna do this drill to fix this. I'm gonna basically not make the mistake of showing up to the range completely you know, right out of the car. I'm gonna do some sort of warm up to get my body temperature up. If I don't have to time to do that right before I get to the course, I'll do some you know, exercises on the driving range to get the body temperature up. Once I've got that, then I'll go into my drills and I'll work on my drills to fix my slice. Mm -hmm. And at some point, I'm then gonna just flip the switch. Now this is time management. If you look at the best people in the world in business, they're time managers. If you wanna get better at golf, you need to you know that I'm showing up at 12 and I'm leaving at 1.15. Yeah. Well, then when I get to 12.45, it's time to start doing random golf. Yeah. And I'll spend my last third of my practice going through all these shots. Now, my splice may not be fixed yet, but now I can see how much it's gonna slice. And then I'm gonna see if that slice only occurs with my long irons and my driver, and now my short irons might be better. Yeah. And now I have a plan that when I go back to my journal, I'm gonna say, you know, the things I did well, today I hit my short irons great, I still need a solution for my long irons and my driver, and then I'll look for what that solution is. And that's how I would do it it's a combination. It's more than just showing up and not journaling, not warming up. You know, you have to do a little bit of everything. And if you watch the best yeah. players, that's what they do. I think it's really important as well when, when you do the random practice to not get into the state of trying to fix the shots again. Because it's so easy. You see one miss right, you go, oh, I, need to, I need to fix that. Let me get into the technique again. But as you said about the decade and the shot pattern, you need to almost go, well, okay, this is what my swing is currently producing. How am I going to use what I've got to aim maybe a fraction left to allow for the miss? And so it, it's really, I, I like the, the way, again, flipping the switch there to go from, look, let's park the technique thing now. Let's go into playing mode. Yeah, but right. it's so easy to just go, I've hit that one left or I've hit it right. Maybe I didn't turn the hands over quick enough or the left wrist wasn't bowed at the top. We've got to just park that and go, right, let's play because that's the part where we can transfer, work on the routine and get into simulating the actual real game. What, what I like about that as well though, is you're getting an instant test on the work that you've just done because you're, taking in, you're going into game mode and going, oh, okay, well, like you say, how good is that training I've just done? Because there should be a, it should be able to hopefully yeah. see an improvement in that. And if you look at, you know, mode. probably 
you know, Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus, two greatest golfers of all time, Jack Nicklaus would say he had one swing thought and it could change from day to day. Mm -hmm. And that would be the hard part about doing the random golf. The last part of the practice is sticking with one swing yeah. thought. And you can practice that one swing thought. It, you know, for me, it might be, as you said, bowing my wrist a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'm allowed to work on, yeah. you know, for that practice part. Yeah. And that may or may not work, and I'll learn from it. And then the next time I come, as I'm doing my drills, I might get a completely different feel. It, it might be, you know, an elbow feel or something. But I think, you know, as it's hard not to have one swing thought yeah. th to kind of carry you when you play golf. Yeah. And then once you get it over one, that's when we get in trouble. But the bigger problem is changing that thought every shot. Correct. That didn't work, let me try this. Yeah, that yeah. didn't work, let me try this. And so this is an opportunity to kind of, you know, practice that process as well. I think so. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because we did a corporate event the other week in, in Dubai and there was a guy on the range, I was coaching him and he's, we're doing a corporate event so he's like, I really want to play well, I want to play well. I gave him one swing thought that, that was going to really help him and then we're on the range and he, he hits a bad shot and he goes, what did I do wrong? I said, we didn't do anything wrong. I said, let's just do that. Let's, ha let's have the same approach that you've just had. And it's very easy for golfers listening to this to just continue to try and fix every single bad shot that they do, especially one when they're out there on the golf course. So I think what you're saying there, it's a great opportunity to, and I think for the golfers listening to this, they're going to relate to that going on the course and going, they slice it off the first tee. They stand on the second tee going, right, how do I correct that first bad shot instead of just staying patient and going, I'm going to stick with one feel, I'm going to work on my routine and see what I get. Mm -hmm. It's dangerous to go into that way. And I said the, to this guy, it was Chris, I said, Chris, the number one thing for you to do today, the most important thing that you do is to go out there and not try and correct every single bad shot that you hit. Stick with the same feel for every single shot and just go out there and enjoy it. Hard, because yeah. it's hard because mentally he's going, what did I do wrong? And so many people do that, even in a lesson, don't they? They hit the shot, what did I do wrong there? It's fine, you can hit bad shots, it's okay. <laughs> it happens, it happens sure in golf. It sure does. So Sean, look, you've been amazing with your time, but before we do break out, random golf, what's next for you with this? I mean, it's obviously something that, actually one thing I will say is that when you gave this back to, uh, we did the video on YouTube back in May on this, I think it was, yeah, in May. I've been using it and doing some practice sessions, not that I get to do that many practice sessions, but actually when I've done them, it's real good fun. And I've videoed a few, which I'm gonna be putting out on social at some point, but it's just real good fun doing it. So what, what's the next logical thing for you to do moving forward on this? I, I wanna get more coaches on board, yeah. you know, because I, obviously for, you know, the, the average golfer, this is a great idea, but I wanna get college teams on board. Mm -hmm. I've got San Diego State already on board that, that coaches love it, they're getting the team. You know, I'm here in San Diego, but I wanna get coaches to have an opportunity to basically give their students something to help them practice. You know, and I want to eventually bring it to even indoors, you know, to do this on a simulator, nice. you know, have different shots, different opportunities on a simulator and, you know, just create a community where everybody's working together just to, to help people play better golf, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and I just know that golf courses are busy and, you know, not everybody can get on a golf course. Mm -hmm. Um, it's expensive, you know, to, you know, to go out and play in a course and practice out there. You want to shoot your best score. Mm -hmm. And I want to prepare you to, you know, to be able to, on Saturday morning when you're playing with your buddies, to be the one that wins the money. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Look, I think, I think it's for the listeners to this, if there's one thing that we want you to challenge them to do today, 
that's to think about how they practice. You know, if they can involve some of this random practice and start to change their habits and behaviours and certainly take a look at random golf practice, I think it's a great aid. It gets, it gets you a whole new level of focus when you practice. As soon as we've used it, it's like, I really like this. It's more of this gamification. It puts pictures in your mind. You're simulating some real stuff. Um, where can the listeners go, Sean? Um, to take a look at this. I know we've got, so we've go got a code the, that they can use. Yeah, one. so go to the uh, Apple um, store and Android will be very soon. Um, and when you download the app, it's free for a month. But when you basically go to download the app, once it comes on your screen, put in MMG for MMG. Me My Golf and um, you get it free for a month. And then after that, it's $29.99 per year. And the people that are using it are, are loving it. Um, they're improving. You know, obviously, I've got some tour pros that are using it, John Rahm and Xander Shoffley, because I know them personally. Um, TPI is be behind it. You guys are loving it. There's really nothing that you can say that's controversial about this. This no. is not in six months a new swing style is going to come out. This <laughs> is all about how the brain works. Yeah. And we, we need to simulate the course and the best way to do it is to use this app yeah definitely definitely worth the try as i say from from what i've done myself so look yeah definitely give it a try so sure thank you so much and for everything you do for us as well you're obviously yeah you know since <coughs> we we're trying to figure out it was 2014 i think when we first came here maybe you know you've been very good to us very kind to us and we look forward to doing more stuff it's just great being here at the grand as well the course oh, and the facilities are so good so look i really appreciate it and uh, you need to do some more practice space i think we both do we both do actually <laughs> we both well. do <laughs> Thank you. We do. Cheers, Sean. Cheers, Thank Sean. you. Cheers.